0: This is Hot Tech with Jan Vermeulen. We've just gone 12 minutes to 6 at the top of the hour. Calvin bringing us a detailed update. I'm glad we've come in a bit early because there's quite a bit to chat and unpack in this uh, segment. Joining us on the line, Jan Vermeulen, editor at My Broadband. Jan, great to have you on board. Good afternoon. Good evening. It's a oh, pleasure. good evening, rather. Yes, I guess it's
1: afternoon, but <laughs> it's so dark outside.
0: I know. I've been in studio since so when I came into studio. It was light, so I'm still presuming it's light out there. We can't <laughs> see outside. But anyway, Jan, great to have you on board. Without further ado, let's get going with quite a few issues we hope to uh, look into uh, this evening. Let's start with the cheapest uh, mobile phones in South Africa, with options from
1: 159 rand. Tell us more sure i 'm not going to spend too much on this one, um, but what was interesting what, are, what, the, the, what was interesting about what we saw when we looked into this article mm-hmm. is that all of these phones are two g right so so the the, the the top ten cheapest phones in South Africa are one hundred and fifty nine rand to say uh, one hundred and seventy nine rand so you see the the range there is quite small and they 're all two g only phones and mm-hmm. um and the, the thing is that South Africa is looking to switch off its 2G network. We actually wanted to switch it off completely by next year, but that deadline looks like it's going to be pushed back. We'll, okay. we'll only find out in September what the new deadlines are going to be. And, um, and so yeah, just, uh, you know, for, for those who might be, uh, looking at these and, and looking at cheaper phones and stuff, just I guess, uh, a word of warning okay. that South Africa's, 2g and 3g networks might be coming to an end but there's nothing yet stopping retailers from selling these cheap phones okay you, you typically won't see these phones at vodacom and mtn in fact i i can, i could can pretty confidently say vodacom and mtn doesn't sell anything that isn't 4g capable anymore because they they, um, they, they want to move off of 2G and 3G technology. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're quite frustrated generally by, um, retailers who keep selling old, older technology devices. But the fact is the South African market, um, still needs phones that are this cheap because there's plenty of people out there who, who either don't earn a salary at all and are not a government sure. grants, um, or, or, you know, um, earn very little. And so, you know, they can't afford, a, a what, you know, a thousand five hundred or two thousand rand, um, phone. Right, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, And, and, and prefer these cheaper devices to, to stay in touch with loved ones. So, yeah, it's an interesting conundrum. Um, but uh, some, uh, I think something interesting and, and, um, that we really wanted to report on.
0: Okay. So, Jan, just to recap, um, you did, did I get it right that uh, 2G will cease end of this
1: year into next year or did I get that? Oh. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, sorry. I did skip over that quite quickly. We don't know anymore. Okay. So the original plan was to, was to cut off or to have the South Africa's mobile networks, um, stop all of their 2G networks by the end of next year. Oh, by the I end of
0: next year, off. end of 2024.
1: But that has been thrown up in the air now. Um, okay. So the new Minister of Communications, will in September announce mm-hmm. the new timelines for this okay. um, be- because the mobile networks were quite unhappy. So even All though right. they desperately want to switch off their 2G and 3G networks, mm-hmm. um, they also have a lot of customers that are still on 2G exactly. and 3G. Exactly, and so they yeah. need some support from government uh-huh. to help move off of the technology, but they also don't want it to happen too fast. Because sure. um, th- that's that's a potentially a problem for the existing client base. So we'll find out in September exactly what the compromise is that they come up with.
0: As you mentioned, t- until September, Jan, let's see what happens and compromise they come up with with government. Let's move on to these most expensive products on Take a Lot. What are we dealing with?
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, also, uh, this was just a bit of fun, and I'm not going to spend too much time on it. But what was interesting is in the past we've seen some some uh, six figure product, you know, like over 100,000 rand. Mm-hmm. And uh, a dominant one was uh, the Landolt Bernstein books, which is phase diagrams and physical properties of non-equilibrium alloys. So like. Do you want to say that backwards? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Some like right. really okay. niche right. material science stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and it sold for 416,000 over f- almost 417,000 rand. Okay. Um, Uh, And that price has now dropped to 20,000 Rand, which is interesting. We we initially thought it was a mistake, um, but but then we looked on Amazon and saw the same thing happen. The, The price also dropped substantially on Amazon. So it looks like the price of this book has come down substantially for one or the other reason. Um, and so the, the new, uh, leaders on Take-A-Lot, there are now no longer any products on Take-A-Lot that are over 100,000 Rand. The most expensive we found are, are some TVs. So the TCL 98 inch 4K QLED TV. Wow. Um, but then you get another 32 <laughs> inch TV with it as well for, for nine ninety nine 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 nine. So <laughs> literally one Rand less than 100,000 Rand. Um, a 77 inch LG um some uh, like a massive portable power station, uh, Persian carpets, and um, uh, like industrial scale ice maker, uh, massive UPS, leg press machine. so th- okay. these were the most expensive items. Then there's also like a like a, a very niche um, uh, current probe, though that looks like it was quite overpriced because mm-hmm. you can get it from RS components for a third of the price. Then on take a lot. Um, so yeah, it was, it was interesting to see what the current top 10 most expensive items are. On Take A Lot, but it's dominated by by TVs and touch panels. Well, indeed, um, really large screen displays. <laughs> well,
0: yeah, I guess if you're looking for a good laugh, yeah, as uh, Jan says, uh, go on to my brand. Take a look at these Take A Lot uh, extravaganzas, uh, extravaganzas, you could say. Jan, <laughs> let's move on to this Gauteng tech
1: entrepreneur who's locked up for international fraud scheme. Yeah, so this was a Nigerian national who was living in Stain City. So n- it's not, it's not your, your cousin's scammer, this guy. Um, like th- oh, this guy God. was like <laughs> right, a okay. hi- high level, like very profitable scammer who could afford a luxurious lifestyle in one of South Africa's most exclusive estates for the, for the rich and famous. Um, and, uh, and yeah, thanks to, um, like his, his mistake was, he scammed a bunch of united states nationals and uh-huh. essentially right. what it involved was a complicated uh business um uh, email compromise um that uh that uh, uh, involves him replacing legitimate invoices with fake invoices with his bank account details on it of course and right? and then, and then he didn't have just have bank accounts in south africa he'd have bank accounts all over and he'll he'd funnel the money to his FNB account in South Africa, um, under under a single name, the Barland Door Group is what it was called. Um, and so, the, with the US authorities, they contacted South African cyber fraud task team mm-hmm. and the Hawks, and, and they had like a joint operation, and they nailed this guy. Um, and so he's uh, he's currently in jail okay, and was yeah. and was convicted of fraud.
0: Okay. So how much did he achieve? What? How much did he get? <laughs>
1: so he he um, so wow. uh, it it's, it looks like it was local transactions worth mm-hmm. sixteen million so um, I, I don't have the u s figure um, so the the Hawks were able to track down local transactions worth approximately sixteen million, and then he's under investigation for a separate alleged fraud scheme where he earned a further six million so you're looking at twenty four million just in local fraud. Um wow. so, so, you know, okay. that's not counting um, the, the, the stuff that, that got the United States mm-hmm. authorities, mm-hmm. the FBI mm-hmm. and those guys interested in this guy.
0: OK, I guess a developing story. Let's see how that develops. I'm looking forward to chatting about that yes. in the future. But OK, let's look at our last subject for the day. South African lawyers use chat GBT to argue case and get nailed after it makes up fake
1: info. Yeah, this is an object lesson. Oh, right. um, and, uh-huh. and, and what's, what's funny here is that, uh, U.S. lawyers, uh, fell into exactly the same trap just a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And obviously these lawyers don't read the news. Um, and so, <laughs> <Okay. Right. laughs> yeah. And so they, they tried to argue. It's a, it's a, it's a pretty interesting case. Actually, it's about a body corporate and a woman who was suing her body corporate for defamation. And so, rego- but, but let's not get stuck into the merits of the case. Sure. Um, but, but rather what, what the, the plaintiff's lawyers did. So, um, so the plaintiff, this is now the lady who was suing the body corporate. Her lawyers used chat GPT to, um, to essentially come up, to, to come up with an argument for the case. No. And chat GPT included um, you know, some, some historical cases that that's how arguing these cases work is, is okay. you go, these are, this is right. the case history that the magistrate should look at. Right. And this is, this is why might, you know, he, they should consider hearing my mm-hmm. case because you know, the general understanding is that a body corporate cannot defame anybody. Individuals mm-hmm. can defame people, but, but a body corporate cannot. Right. Um, and so, uh, and so this lawyer said, no, that's not true. And there's case law about this, but I did not have time to go and find everything exactly um, uh, I just have these references To these cases And they need to be researched But in South Africa It's it's not that easy As, as in the United States where, where a problem like this Has occurred before Because our law libraries And legal And like sort of um, More niche Local um, legal precedents Are, are quite buried you have to go to mm-hmm. local libraries and mm-hmm. stuff. As I understand, it's not all digitized in one easy-to-access place. And so for for weeks, these lawyers um, went around trying to verify these citations mm-hmm. that this guy had in his argument. And they found out that while the cases that ChatGPT referred to were real – that none of them had to do with body corporates or defamation. Okay, so, so right. So the, refer- the references right. and the citations were all completely wrong. Right. Okay. Um, but, but but these these lawyers got off light in mm-hmm. the United States. Yes. Um, where this happened before, those lawyers got got like whacked with a fine. Yeah. From the, from the judge. Here, okay. here the, the magistrate, um, was quite lenient with him and said, listen, um, this doesn't right. look like you were, you were, um, you know, purposely trying to mislead mm-hmm. the court or waste, right. um, the opposition's time. You were su- just simultaneously simply overzealous and careless. Sure. Um, the embarrassment yep. associated with this incident is probably sufficient MD. punishment for the plaintiffs, right. but yep. they were, they were ordered punitive costs okay. against
0: them. Okay. Jan, I'm going to have to cut you short there. It sounds like a very interesting story you had to still elaborate on, but we've got to cut you short and we've got to end off the conversation. Thanks so much for joining us this afternoon, Jan, and uh, bringing us the load on all those stories. Jan Vermeil and the editor at My Broadband.